welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. We're starting a new series tonight called Don't Waste Your Life. Everyone say, don't waste your life. This is a passion of mine, that people would not waste their life. As a church, we exist to connect people to God, to His church, and ultimately to their purpose. I want to start by asking you a question this evening. Where do you think the richest place on earth is? The richest place on earth. For some, it may conjure up a bank. For some of you, it may conjure up all sorts of other things. But I want to put a challenge to you today that maybe, just maybe, the richest place on planet earth is the cemetery. I say that because I wonder how many people went to their grave having never written the book they should have written. I mean, what would this world be without Harry Potter? I mean, just imagine that J.K. Rowling never wrote Harry Potter. What would our life, where would our lives be if we didn't have Harry Potter? The enjoyment that we've all experienced through reading Harry Potter. And if you're not into Harry Potter, it might be another book. What about this for a book? The Bible. Best-selling book in the universe, the Bible. The number one selling book on the planet today is the Bible. What about the paintings that were never painted? Imagine if Leonardo da Vinci, I was gonna say DiCaprio. (laughs) Imagine if he never painted the Mona Lisa. What would our lives be? Michelangelo didn't paint the Sistine Chapel. What about all these things? the sculpting, the inventions. What if some of these inventions had never been created? Imagine the Wright brothers, if they'd never just created the aeroplane and they'd listened to all the mockers and the naysayers. Just imagine where we'd be today. These inventions have changed our life. What about all the sermons that have never been preached by Christians that just couldn't get over their fear? The businesses that were never started. Imagine if Steve Jobs was so gripped by fear, he never started that little company called Apple. Where would our lives be today? I mean, some of you, if it wasn't for Steve Jobs, maybe some of you just have to bring your old Bible to church. Imagine that, that big, heavy old Bible. Now is everything on our phone. What about the relational issues that were never resolved? Do you know one of Paul McCartney's greatest regrets is that he never resolved his issues with John Lennon. And he will never, ever, ever have the opportunity to be able to do that. I think the cemetery represents one of the richest places on earth. You see... Jesus came to planet earth to give us life and life to the full. Life to the max, life with a capital L. 
He wants us to live a full life and die empty. When Jesus hung upon the cross, He said these three words, it is finished. Jesus didn't die old. Jesus didn't die young. He died finished. The aim for every one of us is that we die finished. That we would come into contact with our purpose and live out our purpose. Every one of us was born on purpose with a purpose. If your mum and dad told you that you were a mistake and you are an accident, I'm here to tell you tonight that that is simply not true. You might not have been planned by mum and dad. You may not even know who your dad is. You may have been fostered out as a child. I don't know what your story is, but God does. And He planned and purposed you to be alive for such a time as this. And He's given you gifts and He wants you to tap into your God-given gift so that you do not waste your life. You may not have had the best start, but that's not the end of it. What you don't want is a bad finish. You can have a bad start, but you can still have a great finish. This message is all about us finishing well and finishing strong. So it doesn't matter what start you had. It's amazing. I always tell a story about my dad and how incredible he was raising me as a child and raising my brothers. And and I'll be forever grateful to him. I had a great dad. And many of you might say, well, I never had a great dad. I don't even know who my dad is. But this is what you've got to know about my dad. He never had a great dad. He never had a great start in what it is to be a father. He never saw a good father being modelled. But because he saw what not to do, he knew what not to do. So he just did the opposite. doesn't matter what your start is. It's how you finish that matters. You must have grown up with the story of the tortoise and the hare. You remember the tortoise and the hare? Come on. Please tell me they still talk about the tortoise and the hare in school today. Please. Do you know what a tortoise is? Do they teach you about the animal kingdom today? What do they teach you at school today? Well, once upon a time, there was a tortoise and there was a hare. And they decided to have a race. And they lined up at the starting line. And on the count of three, the gun went off. One, two, three. Bang! The hare tears off. In case you didn't know this, hares are fast. That's the point of the story. They're fast. And the tortoise took off. The story goes that the hare was so far ahead, he thought he'd have a rest. And he took a sleep. But what he didn't know is that little by little, slowly but surely, the tortoise was catching him. And eventually overtook him and won the race because the hare fell asleep and wasted his life. And it's a picture to us to wake up. 
We sang the song earlier. We need a great awakening. We need to wake up. We need to make sure that when we meet our maker, we've written the book we should have written. We've sung the songs we should have sung. We've started the businesses we should have started. We've had the children we should have had. We've married the person we should have married. All those things, we've got to make sure that we fulfill our God-given destiny and our God-given purpose. God's plans and purposes for us are mind-blowing. I think about the people in this room who can become doctors to heal and help the sick, the businessmen and women that can help finance poverty. I think of the fathers that can give birth to children and raise them in a godly home. I think about mothers parenting daughters and teaching them the ways that they should live. I think about the teachers in this room that can speak into the lives of our kids and, and give them a good godly education. I get excited about the endless possibilities in this room. I look around and all I see is a pile of potential and it excites me. You are a pile of potential, you know that? You're a big fat pile of potential. You stink and reek of potential, you know that? You do. And it's awesome. But here's the thing, $2.50 and a potential will only ever get you a cup of coffee. You've got to put your potential to work. Remember the film Braveheart? Mel Gibson did a great job of portraying the life of William Wallace. And he said many great things and there's many great quotes in that movie. But there's one line I love. And just before he's about to be executed, he says this, he says, all men die. All men die. We're all going to die. Here's the good news for you. We're all going to die. Tell the person next to you, you're going to die. And if that person's a little bit older than you, they're going to probably die before you. All men die. But he went on to say, but not all men really live. Dying's inevitable. But really living, that's a choice. Dying's not a choice. We all have an appointment with death. It's one appointment we will not be late for. At the right time, we will go and meet our maker. But whether we live or not, whether we truly live or not is a choice. And I want to read a story that Jesus told. It's quite often referred to as the parable of the prodigal son. And the word prodigal simply means wasteful. And it's found in Matthew 25, sorry, Luke 15. And I want to read from verse 11 to verse 20. It's going to be a fun night, I can tell. Whenever I say things like that, it's just going to be a fun night. Luke 15 verse 11 says, Jesus continued, which means he was talking previously. And he said, there was a man who had two sons. The young one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had and he set off for a distant country and he squandered his wealth in wild living. 
After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out as a citizen of that country who sent him to the fields to feed pigs. And he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating. But no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here am I starving to death. I will set out. I will go back to my father and I'll say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. But when he was still a long way off, his father saw him. He was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son. He threw his arms around him and he kissed him. I love this story. I've preached out of it many times and I get different things out of it every time I refer to it. But essentially, this is a story Jesus told about a son that wasted his life. There's many things that stand out in this story for me. I want to look at a few tonight. The first thing that stands out to me about this story is that the young man, the younger son, was selfish. He said that he went to his father and he said, give me. Give me my inheritance. He made it all about me, myself, and I. He was selfish. And how this must have broken the father's heart. But his father had enough wisdom to recognise where his son was at. And sadly, he let him go. He was selfish. See, there's a lesson in that for every one of us as parents right now. There are times when we've just got to let certain people in our lives, including our own, go. See, Jesus told a number of stories in Luke 15. This was about the wasteful son. Early, He told a story about the lost sheep. And in the story of the lost sheep, He talked about the good shepherd that goes after the one lost sheep. You know the story. There was a hundred sheep. 99 of them were safe. But there was this one little one. There's always one in the crowd. Have you noticed that? No matter whether it's sheep or people, there's always, there's always one weirdo. Yep, that's her. That's him. And Jesus was simply highlighting that in the story of the lost sheep, that there was this little sheep. You've got to picture this. This is how I read the Bible. And I see it in pictures. I, I, I get in the story. And as Jesus is telling this story about the lost sheep, I see this little sheep with his head down, his tail up, eating the grass, investigating. And then in his investigation, he sees a bee and he starts chasing the bee. and sees another patch of grass with some dandelions in it and starts eating again. And then as he's eating the dandelions, there's a butterfly. Now he's running over here 
chasing the butterfly, found another patch of grass, he's eating that. And before long, he's lost. He didn't run away. He wasn't being selfish. He's just found himself lost. There's a different point to that story. See, the Bible does not contradict itself. The Bible is speaking into different situations at different times. And we need the wisdom and discernment to know when to apply the right Scripture for the right moment in our life. And Jesus was saying the good shepherd will always go after a lost sheep. I don't know if you as a parent have ever lost your kids. I have. Please don't think less of me. Is there any parents out there, just to make me feel a little bit better about myself, are there any parents out there that have lost their kids? Thank you, Jesus. Have you, any, have you lost them more than once? Have you ever lost anyone else's kids? I'm guilty, guilty, and guilty again. And there's something about losing, like you've just got to do everything you can to find it. You don't sit there and say, selfish child. Serves him right. Now you do all you can to find that one. And so when Jesus was talking about the parable of the lost sheep, He said, man, the good shepherd will leave the 99 safe ones. I remember when we thought we lost BJ the other day, we left the two safe ones, Jordan and Mitchell. We left them, they were safe. We left them to find the lost one. A good parent will do that. But then He tells this other story about the lost son, the wasteful son, the prodigal son. And the father, having the discernment to recognise this child of his isn't lost, he's just selfish and he wants out. He doesn't want to abide by my rules. He doesn't want to be told what to do anymore. He doesn't like the curfew. And so he sadly, but rightly, lets him go. There's a time to go after and there's a time not to. He recognised that his son was selfish it broke his heart, but he let him go nonetheless. And he gave him his inheritance. That inheritance for was when his father was dead. And so essentially in taking the inheritance early, the son was saying, Dad, you're dead to me. And the father willingly gave the child the money. He was selfish. Selfishness will always lead to a wasted life. The second thing about this kid in this story is not only was he selfish, but he was stupid. I'm going to say stupid. Turn to the person next to you and say, stupid is what stupid does. You see, he made some really dumb choices. The choice in his timing was all wrong. Yes, he had an inheritance coming to him, but it wasn't the right time. Do you know most of us, if we got our inheritance now, if we got the windfall that we wanted now, we wouldn't have the character to hold on to it. That's why many of the lottery winners lose all their money in the first year. That's a statistic. Because they haven't learned to hold on to what they've received because they haven't got the character to hold on to it in the first place. And so this kid got his inheritance prematurely, which was a reason why he lost it. The choice of location was all wrong. 
So you can't go wherever you want to go and be whatever you want to be. There's a plan and a purpose and a place that God wants you to be. Some people think I can live here, I can live there, I can do this, I can do that. But not when you're living on purpose, you can't. People have often said to me that you're a big personality, Tony, and Adelaide's a small city. Have you ever thought of a bigger city to live in? And someone even prophesied. They said, I see this perfume bottle. I said, great. I think that word's for my wife. But nonetheless, it was for me. And they said, I see on this perfume bottle, London, Paris, New York. Sounds awesome. London, Paris, New York. I mean, it's an encouraging word. Big personality, big cities. But here's the thing I can't shake. This desire and love for this city which God has placed in my heart. I can't just go anywhere and do whatever I want to do. In spite of my personality. In spite of what other people might say or think. I mean, I love big cities. I do. I love this city. I love living here. I love the people in it. But I do. I love big I love Sydney. I love Melbourne. I love the US of A. I do. Oh, thank you, Carly. I'll take that. I would take off my jacket, but I just like it too much. I'm just not going to take it off. I'm going to sweat in my jacket. Oh, all right, I'll take it off. His choice of spending was all wrong. He wasted his money. He was that young kid that bought all the latest technology. It's amazing. I've never ceases to amaze me that some of our young people who don't have jobs have more technology than me. It just... I don't know where they get the money for that. And his choice of lifestyle was all wrong. He wasted his money on wild living. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll, it's all there. Bad habits will rob you of your potential. See, Christianity is not a list of rules and regulations what to do and not to do. There's always a heart attached to the habits in the Word of God. As I was sharing this morning, the Bible says, don't lie but speak the truth because lies hurt people. There's a purpose attached to it. And when I look around and what takes place in this beautiful city of Adelaide and people wasting their lives and squandering their wealth and losing their virginity and getting diseases and getting hurt, and it just breaks my heart. It's not because God doesn't want you to have fun that He says don't do these things. It's because it doesn't lead to the right things. See, we've got to teach our children. We've got to teach one another the reason why it's not good to do certain things and why it's good to do certain things. We've got to, we've got to attach the why behind the what. If we just say don't do this, all we do is awaken the sinful nature and want to do it. You see, I took, uh, or Jordan took a photo of herself the other day. She got her braces off and she's, she, she was beautiful with braces. 
But she's taking her braces off and it's kind of like, oh my gosh, she's even more beautiful. And, and she's just a cute little girl to look at. I know that. I'm not even being biased. I'm just being real. She took this photo with her friends. And, and honestly, as I look at that photo, there's kind of like, you know, I know she's my daughter, but there's just this girl that stands out and it's my daughter. And I said to Jordan, I said, man, if, if, if any young man saw that photo, there's one girl that he's looking at and it's you. Now, that, that's not wrong. That's not her fault. It's because she has incredible genes. Her mother's genes. She has a mother's good looks. And she needs to know that about herself. And I said, because, sweetie, what you need to understand about being good looking is with great power comes great responsibility. And that's where I come in. Because I'm tired of pretty young girls fluttering their eyes, throwing their chest out, and leading boys on. I'm tired of beautiful young girls being beautiful only on the outside, but not having sweet spirits. Because they haven't been fathered and they haven't been taught. And I don't want to see my daughter abusing a young man. I see it all the time. When you're good looking, you can start getting free this and free that, and it's wrong. These poor little boys just get led to the slaughter. Just... See, my role as a parent is to present my daughter and my children for another. That's my sole role as a parent, is to present them for another. It's my role to make sure that the man my daughters marry do not have to do what I should have done. It's my role as a parent to my son to make sure that he has everything in place, that his wife doesn't have to teach him what I should have put into him in the first place. Marriage can be difficult enough as it is without having to do all the things that you should have learned before you got married. And so my sole purpose in life is to help, is to present people for another. Firstly, Christ. And secondly, a, a spouse for life. And so when I see stuff in my kids that is just going to be unhelpful for their marriage, I'm going to knock it out of them. I'm going to talk it out of them. I'm going to teach it out of them. I'm going to make sure. And I want that young man to say to me, thank you, Mr. Rainbow, for doing such a great job in raising this daughter. It's made my marriage so much easier. So I don't, want to, I don't want to just enjoy my kids. I don't, want to, I don't want to waste my moment as a parent. Being a parent is awesome. It's an awesome privilege, but there's more to it than just having kids. There's a purpose attached to parenting. It's to be able to present your children to meet another. That's my role. Greatest privilege in life. As a pastor, is to present God's people for that great and glorious day when we see Him face to face. I want to know that I've done my part in helping people reach their potential and live for Him. 
His choice of friends was not very clever either. You show me your friends, I'll show you your future. He started hanging around all the wrong people. I, I think getting to church is important as a Christian, I do. You've got to make sure you hang around the right people. He was selfish, he was stupid, he was spent. Not long after receiving his inheritance, he'd spent all he had. Everything he had was gone. His family, his friends, his finance, and his freedom were all gone. And now he found himself starving. He's starving. He had no food to eat. Hunger is an amazing thing. When you're truly hungry, nothing else matters. But the great thing about this story is this young man was not only hungry for food, but he was also hungry for home. He's hungry for food. He's hungry for home. At the end of the day, when all is lost, it always comes back to those that we love. No one ever said on their deathbed, I wish I spent more time on my business. Essentially, it comes down to, I wish I spent more time on my family. Don't waste your life. Don't chase the almighty dollar at the expense of your purpose. He was selfish. He was stupid. He was spent. He was starving. But he was also seen. He was seen by his father. He had this notion, you know what? The servants in my father's home were better off than I am right now. I might as well go and offer myself as a servant in my father's home. And so he started the long walk home. And the Bible says that while he was still a long way off, the father saw him. So you can only help someone who wants to be helped. There's a lot of initiatives out there. The government throw a lot of money at a lot of initiatives, but at the end of the day, you can't help anyone who doesn't want to be helped. And so my advice to you is look for the hunger. Look for those who are hungry to be helped. The father up until this point could do nothing for his son because his son wasn't hungry. But the moment his father saw the hunger in his son's eyes to come back home, he ran at him. And the son falls to his knees and says, forgive me, I've sinned against you. I've sinned against God. I've sinned. And the father says, what are you talking about? I'm just glad to see you. I love this story. 
The father willingly lets the son go, but the moment he's hungry, the moment he's ready to come back, there's forgiveness. His father saw him, he ran to him, he kissed him and he blessed him. Do you know why? Because while this man may have looked like a pig, smelt like a pig and ate like a pig, he wasn't a pig. He was still his son. Because where you are in life right now doesn't determine who you are. You've got to understand that. Where you are in life does not determine who you are. This young man looked like a pig. He smelt like a pig. He ate like a pig. But he was never a pig. He was always this father's son. And I don't know what it is that you are going through right now. I don't know what it is that you've been through recently. I don't know what it is you've said and you've done and you've got yourself into. But the bottom line is you are created in the image of God. You are the apple of His eye. He loves you dearly. He knows you intimately and He wants you to come back home. He doesn't want you to waste your life. He wants you to come back home and be with Him because He created you for a purpose. And one of those purposes is to be with Him. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen. And God bless.